Blog Talk Radio. My minions, my name is Tom Mark Wassell, Presidente, as we roll right into week number two of quarantine and uh, doing our show in a comfortable social distance level in the uh, home uh, studio of the balance in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. It's been crazy, but we're going to get through this. I think there's, there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. They say this coronavirus will peak somewhere between uh, uh, mid-April or so, so we'll see We'll see what happens with that. Big news coming out of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We'll get into that in the next half hour. Uh, again, this is another abbreviated show uh, because sports are abbreviated right now, uh, but uh, Matthew Embry will get into the big news, uh, how it affects the Indianapolis 500 and what's been going on down there at the track. A lot of news coming out of the track, how it revolves around uh, NASCAR, IndyCar, and uh, the Indianapolis 500. The good news is there is going to be an Indianapolis 500, and there is going to be an Indianapolis 500 with fans. So uh, that's something to be very optimistic uh, about. But uh, coming up right, standing by in the balanced green room is uh, Mo for the BS Sports Show. We're going to break down the uh, free agency world of the NFL. Why? Because that's pretty much all we have to talk about. Uh, we'll throw in some other uh, little bits of other stuff, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that for sure. But the good thing about it is we're live, 917-889-8516. We're not a video game, I promise. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. 
the Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Okay, okay. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Welcome back to the Balance Watch. Saw Mark Sell Presidente. We're rolling right into week number two of fourteen and helping us kick things off. It's Mo from the BS Sports Show. Mo, how are you, sir? Uh, bored. Yeah, bored. Well, at least you don't have the corona, right? <laughs> I tell you what. You know, I saw a meme. I saw a meme today that said. Uh, now I understand why my my dogs bark at everything that walks by. I think I just barked at a squirrel. <laughs> it, it's been it's it's cra- it's crazy times, and you know it's it's been really uh, weird just doing everything for work from home. Uh, every call that we make, every client interaction that we have is is done uh, done virtually, and it's uh, yesterday we had had. A team meeting and uh, we had we played some games just just to keep the the spirits up but you know the good thing about it is the nfl is like a cockroach you can't kill it it always <laughs> pop pops up so we're in the middle of the of the of the free agency uh uh world right now let's talk a little bit about what's been going on in the free agency what are the the ones that i think is probably one of the ones to talk about. We'll get into some of these others here in just a minute. And that's Marcus Mariota uh, deciding to, uh, or maybe it wasn't his decision. Anyway, leaving Tennessee, uh, going to Las Vegas. I still got my tongue around that to the Raiders uh, to join John Gruden and Carr team uh, over or under. I mean, does uh, Derek Carr has start two games or, or more? Is this, is this more of a, Derek Carr kind of thing with the, or is there a quarterback controversy? Is there a quarterback competition uh, there? You would think that Marcus Mariota took that job with the understanding that, you know, he's going to take it away from Derek Carr. What are your thoughts? Well, I I think he looked around and realized that that was his best chance to become a starter, probably again in the NFL. I think if you're Marcus Mariota, you've got to realize that you've got some proven to do to, uh, to get back to being a starter, but you know John Gruden has said from day one since he took over that Derek Carr wasn't his ideal quarterback, 
And, uh, you know, you take a guy like Mariota in there, and then he's looking to come in there and, and compete for the starting job and possibly take it over. Uh, I don't think Derek Carr is the quarterback for that team the entire season next year or this year for sure. So, Mariota, I think uh, his people scan the situation in the NFL right now, and they said, okay, here's your best shot. So, he's now a Raider, uh, albeit in a backup role technically right now, but we'll see what happens as we get closer to the season. Well, that's, that, that seems to be the thing with the Raiders is they, they come out with a knockout punch, but when it comes time to needing to win games to get into a playoff position, they seem to fail miserably. And, and I think that's going to be the real big test for Derek Carr on whether or not he, he keeps his job. You know, one of the biggest uh, signings uh, in the free agency was Tom Brady uh, leaving the New England Patriots. So that leaves the door open to uh, with the New England Patriots. We talked about last week about uh, their backup, but now it, it looks like Brian Hoyer is going to be a player in that mix. And uh, Brian Hoyer sat here on our bench all, all year last year for the most part. He didn't play any start. He didn't start any games with the Colts. So my thoughts are, and I, I wonder, would we go back and, and, and look at this differently? Because hindsight's always the best teacher. Bill Belichick has a way of, of, of putting quarterbacks in situations and making them winners. Does he do they go with their with their backup guy that nobody's heard of, or do they go with Brian Hoyer? And and if so, if Brian Hoyer goes in there and begins to to win games and and gets them to another playoff uh, and God forbid a Super Bowl, what will we as a Colts organization be looking at? Well, I think we looked last year and found out that Brian Hoyer should not start any games in the NFL again. Uh, but, you know, don't be shocked that Bill Belichick is a way of pulling things off. Don't be shocked if Jacob Brissett is back in New England. You know, it's very possible that uh, that there could be a move made where Jacob Brissett winds up uh, uh, back as a New England Patriots uh, starting quarterback. Also, there have been rumors abound that, uh, that the uh, Texans would be willing to move Deshaun Watson. So I know the Patriots have inquired. Uh, they have stockpiled picks like always, and there's a good possibility because see Deshaun Watson as a starting quarterback uh, up there. Right now I think they're happy with uh, with Jared Steedham uh, as it sits right this very second. But don't be shocked if Bill doesn't pull something off on draft day. So you, you still think there's a way that there's a path that Jacoby isn't with the Colts next year? I, I think there is. I think you're holding on to uh, – a guy, uh, if the Colts draft a quarterback, like we talked about last week, you know, I would be 100% certain that Joe Merced is on his way out. Well, we'll see what happens in the draft. As it stands now, the draft is going on as planned, full speed ahead. It doesn't always mean that a that a play in a free agency that a player uh, moves teams, and we saw that happen with Drew Brees, the New Orleans Saints, uh, uh, two years, twenty uh, $50 million. I mean, it, a pretty solid deal for the Saints and Drew Brees, and I think Drew Brees is, is proven that he's the franchise quarterback down there, and and he, he's probably likely going to retire from down there. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the re-signing of Drew Brees down with, with New Orleans Saints uh, two years, uh, uh, $50 million? Well, first off, you know, a big uh, congrats to Drew Brees and his wife for donating $5 million yesterday to uh, help relief efforts uh, in Louisiana. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I think that the the Saints realize they're right there on the cusp of becoming a Super Bowl team. Uh, they, and they added Emmanuel Sanders uh, to that mix. Uh, you know, it, Drew's the guy that uh, that makes that team go, and he, he still can play at a very high level. So, you know, they decided that that's where they wanted to go. They let Teddy Bridgewater 
walk out the door, and if nothing else, that tells you 100% that Drew's their guy at least for the next two years. So uh, a great move by the Saints there. You know, you, your window is usually small. Uh, unlike the Patriots, your window is usually small when you've got a championship-caliber team. So I think, uh, you know, I think the Saints realize that. They help add more weapons around there, and uh, Drew's going to be their guy for at least the next two years. Well, I echo what you said about Drew Brees and, and the money that he gave to the relief efforts down there. And, you know, New Orleans as a city has just kind of been through a lot. You think back to back Katrina, and now they're the, the second most uh, infected city uh, for the coronavirus next to only New York City. Uh, and, and it's gotten so bad with New York and New York City that neighboring states have said, hey, uh, if you're from New York, you got to quarantine. You can't come in our state. So it's uh, – Kudos to him. Brian Poole, cornerback uh, for the Jets. Uh, the deal is a one-year deal, $5 million. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about Brian Poole being the cornerback there at, uh, with the Jets? You know, the Jets find ways to screw things up uh, a lot of times, all the time. To me, that's not really a needle-moving uh, move for those guys. Yeah, you know, gives you a little extra depth at cornerback, but they need so much. The Jets do. They need so much. And so, you know, we're a team like the Saints or, or the Colts or the Titans, a team that's close, uh, you know, to to playoffs. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a, probably a pretty solid move for the Jets. I, there's just so much needed there that it doesn't really move the needle for me. So Tampa, not only did they sign uh, Tom Brady, uh, but they also got themselves a pretty good defensive tackle. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce his first name, but we'll just go with Sua uh, being in the last <laughs> the last name one year, $8 million. Yeah, you know, getting Dominican Sue back, I think, is huge for them, you know. Man, you just let that guy. roll right off your tongue there, bro. I know, I know. Uh, he's not the guy he used to be, obviously, when it comes to a guy who's given a ton of sacks, but he can still disrupt things up front, and he's great against the run. And I think that's the reason that they brought him back. You know, even though he's not collecting 10-plus sacks a year, he's a guy who's helping that team stop the run. And, and I think, you know, with any NFL team, with any defense, especially with a defense that's going to have a pretty damn good offense, I, I think that, you know, a run stop right in the middle of that line is what every team wants. So, they got that in Dominican Sue, and, and he'll be back there for another year uh, in Tampa. Brian Beluga, offensive tackle uh, for, for the Chargers, uh, three years, uh, $30 million. It's not a bad deal. I don't know that it's the best deal. I don't know that, like you say, a needle mover, but I think it's certainly a solid uh, solid deal. Well, the the line in, in, uh, for the Chargers last year was terrible, and I think that was one of those moves they made when they were pursuing Tom Brady. They were looking at trying to, to shore up that line and say, hey, look, Tom, everything's going to be okay down here uh, in Los Angeles, but uh, it didn't work. It, it didn't work, so now they've got a an older, very high-paid uh, uh, guy, you know, but if they draft a quarterback, which we all assume they're going to, that'll be good, you know, for him. He's still a guy who can get it done uh, on that offensive line. But, uh, you know, I think that was a, a, try to, a response to try to get Tom Brady, and it didn't work out. But, you know, they've got a, a very good veteran now on that offensive line. So we uh, had Eric Ebron. He left the, the Colts, and he decided to go with the, the Steelers two years, $12 million. Uh, there's a rumor We'll call it a rumor because I don't, I haven't seen any facts to substantiate this. But he said it wasn't really his choice to leave the Indianapolis Colts. And remember, right when Ebron left, it was kind of like, well, he made the decision. It was his decision to make. It was because of injury. It was a lot of different things that, but he decided that he needed to move on from the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts uh, fed the story or fed the line 
that the um, that Eric Ebron, it was his choice to leave. Um, but according to rumors and, and what people are saying that talk to Eric Ebron is that it wasn't his choice to leave. Either which way, he's tied in with the Pittsburgh Steelers, two years, $12 million. Uh, what are your thoughts? So that's, that's a story where it, the truth is somewhere in the middle because Eric Ebron technically made his choice when he gave up on the team uh, towards the end of last year and decided to have surgery, which wasn't needed until after the season. That pretty much still does stay with the Indianapolis Colts. So it, it it was his decision theoretically, but the Colts, when they decided not to resign him because of some of the things he said uh, after uh, after leaving the team, after deciding to get surgery, uh, and some of the uh, stuff he said in the uh, in the media and the weeks leading up to it uh, is is what made the Colts decide not to to bring Eric Ebron back. Uh, <clears throat> Eric Ebron probably would have flourished with Philip Rivers. He needs an, a strong, accurate quarterback in order for him to, to be successful. And uh, he had that with Andrew Luck. He didn't have it with Jacoby Brissett. And uh, he probably would have flourished with Phillip Rivers. Uh, but, uh, you know, he decided to be kind of a douche towards the end of last year and then do some things the team didn't want him to. And so he kind of sealed his fate, uh, you know, at the end of last year. So what well, was his decision to move on to South Pittsburgh? It was his decision because the Colts weren't bringing him back. So New England, uh, Devin McCourty, safety, uh, doing the safety dance there uh, with the New England Patriots, two years, $23 million. Um, I don't know how, I don't know if that was a good move or a smart move, but it was certainly a, a good move uh, on, on the behalf of his agent to get, be able to get him uh, uh, $23 million for two years. Yeah, I mean, after Tom decided he was leaving, it freed up the money. Had Tom Brady still been there, Devin McCourty would not have been a New England Patriot any longer. Uh, you know, Bill always likes to get rid of guys uh, as right before they, you know, start a sharp decline. Uh, we've seen it with, with numerous guys uh, on that team. So had Tom decided to stay, I, I think McCourty would have been on his way out. People uh, all around the league have predicted he was going to be on his way out. Uh, but, uh, again, you know, you got a, a pretty popular player there. And I think after the loss of Tom Brady, they were kind of their hand was kind of forced into bringing Devin McCourty back. So you're right; it was a, a great deal for his agent and for him, but I don't think a great deal for the New England Patriots at all. You know, we, we, we've talked about this, and we know who's going to be our quarterback here. It's going to be Philip Rivers uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. He signed one year, twenty-five million dollars. Uh, let's revisit what we talked about last week, and that's uh, you know, and we just talked a little bit about the, there's a path there for Jacoby Brissett to leave. Line up the QB one, two, and three uh, in theory uh, for the Colts right now, because if Brissett leaves, that means that that. That leaves a, a big gap in the quarterback uh, uh, office there with the Colts. Yeah, you know, to me, like we talked about last week, I think the guy that's on their radar really is Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's a guy that's unlike any quarterback that we've had uh, in forever. Uh, I mean, Jacoby will run, but not uh, not often. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts is a guy who's – Granted, not a tall guy, but it's not a tall man quarterback league anymore. Uh, he's an accurate football thrower down the field, and he's got speed and he can run. Uh, so it basically gives you two running backs in the backfield at all times because he's a guy who's threatening like that. And the Colts have a line that can sustain a guy like that, especially a young guy learning. Uh, he's a guy who played for both Nick Saban uh, and then Lincoln Riley, uh, you know, two of the top programs uh, in the country. And uh, I think that uh, he's going to fall to late second rounds. 
uh, and and maybe even the third round, and the Colts I think have a good shot at bringing him in as their future quarterback. So and you've got a situation where a you can sit back and just kind of watch and, and learn for a year. I think it's great for the Colts. So uh, you know I, I do like uh, I, I like the idea of bringing Jalen Hurts into the fold. Well. You know, I'm optimistic about Philip Rivers. I know a lot of people around here don't like Philip Rivers, and they probably don't know why unless they want to go back to the, the last game at, at the Hoosier Dome with the, uh, or the RCA Dome or whatever we called it at, at the time when he was yelling at the fans and screaming, I'll be back. I mean, fans hold grudges, but, I mean, my gosh, get, get over it. Right? we got a lot more re- reason to hate Tom Brady than we do Philip Rivers. And, you know, I'm optimistic that, that we'll see a better – uh, Philip Rivers in 2020 than we did in 2019 because a lot of people would, would arguably say that one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL was the San Diego Chargers and he's going to what one might arguably be uh, to say is shaping up to be one of the best offensive lines in the NFL that might be a a, a needle mover for Philip Rivers. Yeah, my concern for Rivers at this point is you know I, I think he can rebound and have a better 2020, but. You know, he had so many more weapons uh, with the Chargers than he does now. So if you're the Colts, what are you going to do to address the, the wide receiver position uh, for Phillip Rivers? You know, can you pull off a trade for a guy like Mike Williams, who was one of his top receivers last year with the Chargers, who's a fast guy, who's a tall guy? You know, Devin Funches, uh leads the team leads the team and signs with Green Bay after playing not even a full game. So what are you going to do to address the uh, the wide receiver position now that you've decided that Phillip Rivers is your guy? Uh what are you going to do to uh, to give him weapons to throw to? And, and if you don't, then that that tells me that you know you're not you don't think you're a Super Bowl caliber team because just T.Y. Hilton out there with a, a collection of scrubs isn't going to get it done. So uh, the Colts now need to look towards that uh, that position and, and what can you do to give Philip Rivers weapons? Yeah, and we, we got to look at what what's going to be happening with T.Y. Hilton, the ghost, if you will. I mean, he's he's been a, a great. Uh, a, a, Part of the Colts, if you should say, but is is it time that we start looking past the T. Y. Hilton? T. Y. Hilton's getting to be. Let's look at his age and his size. Uh, historically and statistically speaking, uh, he's not going to be getting better. He's going to be getting worse. So maybe they do need to work at, look at that wide uh, receiver uh, position. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the defensive tackle coming over from the San Francisco 49ers to the Colts, and that's Sheldon Day. I thought that was a really solid move, a move that we needed for the defensive line. Yeah, I think he's, he's going to kind of do the same thing he did with uh, with the 49ers. I think you're going to see him play on, on rundowns. You're going to see him rotate uh, in uh, a lot as well. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be an every-down guy, but he definitely beefs up uh, that, that defensive line, and he gives you a solid option that's kind of sitting there, at, you know, on the sidelines when you do have uh, an injury as well. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's a good move. They they got him at a reasonable price, and he brings some depth to that defensive line now, and especially on rundown. So uh, I think it was a, a very good move for the Colts at, at a very reasonable price. Uh, I don't know if you saw Ed's article, but he had an article up this week about uh, Nick Roby, Nick Roby Coleman, quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, this is a solid move for them. I don't, again, see if it's a needle move or not. That's the story still to be told. The jury's still out. But one year, uh, $1 million, uh, Nick uh, Roby uh, Coleman uh, for the Eagles. Well, you know, over the last two years, they've struggled – uh, keeping guys healthy at wide receiver and at cornerback. You know, they were pulling guys in off the street 
to play uh, to play cornerback. And so, you know, it, it's a, definitely a place where they need depth. So at that point, I, I think any any guy with decent experience is a decent player, at, at either wide receiver or uh, uh, or cornerback, is a new mover for the Philadelphia Eagles at this point. You know, when they're signing guys off the street for three out of four weeks uh, last year to play cornerback, yeah, and still make the playoffs, I think it's a huge move for them. Well, let's talk a little – you know, we talked about Jordan Love, and I talked about how he didn't have the best uh, 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 combine, if you will. Uh, but the Patriots might be uh, showing some love as well. But to do, do we think the Colts uh, have any love in, in, their, in, their, in their cards, if you will? Jordan Love. Yeah, you know, I, I think that, uh, again, to me, the combine doesn't matter. Uh, you know, I don't care how fast you run in a straight line. I want to see what you do in games. And, you know, he's been a pretty darn good quarterback. I don't think he'll still be around when the Colts get a chance to select in the second round. I really think he's going to be a, a guy that a good team will select as a high-end backup. I, I think you'll see him uh, a Green Bay, a Pittsburgh, uh, you know, try to upgrade that backup position and look towards the future uh, with a guy like him. So I don't think that he he lasts the first round. I think he'll be gone by the time the Colts select the Chicago Bears, uh, they just don't seem to figure it out. Between them and the Browns, I know you cover both of them, so we'll talk about both of those teams at the same time. What are your thoughts about the Bears in, in this offseason world and, and what they've been doing in the free agency and what they've been looking at and the decisions they've been making? Uh, you know, you go from a team two years ago that, that makes a huge trade for Cleo Mack, which gets them into the playoffs, to – what the hell are you doing now? You know, they're a team that passed also on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes to draft Mitchell Trubisky. So it's, it's head-scratching, honestly, at times. You make a trade for a guy and Nick Foles, who has won a Super Bowl, but is getting paid so much money when if you would have sat and been patient, you could have had Cam Newton as your starting quarterback. Not that you still can't now, but, you know, you, you've made a trade for Nick Foles. If you would have just sat and been patient, you could have appeased the fans by bringing in, uh, you know, Cam Newton. So I, I think it, there's times, especially this offseason, when I just look at it and go, what the, what the hell are these guys doing? And and why are they being allowed to continue to do this? So uh, they're a team that's definitely got to get to the playoffs this year. We're going to see uh, their head coach and front office both gone. Uh it's uh, it's just it's it's insane that some of these moves that are being made and you know they've decided evidently that Trubisky isn't the guy anymore and again you look around at, at Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes uh, both who who are MVP candidates over the last few years uh, both uh, who get their teams in the playoffs and, and Mahomes who won a Super Bowl last year so uh, I think uh, you know for these guys it's definitely you got to get it done and get it done now. So we're seeing a lot more in the in the sporting world or across across the United States. And the United States is now the most infected uh, country in in the world uh, with the coronavirus, but with one of the fewest deaths. But we're seeing a lot of uh, sports uh, personalities, uh, whether it be in broadcasting, uh, begin to test positive for the coronavirus. And I, and I think I relate a lot of that to the fact that there's a lot more testing being done. So you're going to have a lot more positive results, but why, why are we seeing what seems or what feels like a lot of the sports world uh, coming in contact and testing positive for the coronavirus? 
Well, I think a lot of it is, is obviously the gym. You know, these are guys who can't just let let that go. Uh, and, you know, there's uh, that's one of the, the worst places to come in contact with it is the gym. I think a lot of it is these guys haven't been able to give up the working out, you know, and that's just what their bodies need and what they do. And so I think a lot of them have come into contact with it in the gym. The couple Lakers that we saw get it, you know, got it from their training facility. So I think uh, these guys not being able to stay out of the gym is the reason you're seeing a lot more guys uh, come up with it and test positive for it. So I, I guess the question is, because, you know, I, I've been listening to uh, a race car drivers, Tony Kanaan, for example, I listened to an interview with him this week, and he's got his, his he, he, he basically replicated his gym at his home. And the money that these most of these players make, it seems like that would be a relatively easy task to do. Why are we not seeing that more? They can they can they can replicate their gym at home and probably most of them it's probably e- easier than than others because they probably already have um, workout equipment at their home. Uh, you know I think a lot of guys probably came into contact before you know we really got into this lockdown mode. Uh, they came into contact uh, with it before then, and some guys it's just routine. You know I mean some of these athletes it's a, it's a strict routine, so um, you know. It, I think you'll see less guys now uh, than you did over the past couple of weeks come up with it because I think that, you know, that move has been made. All the NBA teams in the last week closed their training facilities and aren't allowing guys in there anymore. Uh, so I think you'll see less now than, than we did previous. But before it was just, I think, lack of knowledge uh, on a lot of people's part. So I, I think we'll see less tests now. So the NBA has kind of said that they're going to, they're still open to the idea of having a season and what it looks like and how it may play out is they have a few games and then they just go right into the playoffs. Um, good, bad, and different on that thought. Well, what's the favorite part of most fans, you know, NBA season is the playoffs. You know, uh, I think for, you know, you'll talk to a lot of casual NBA fans who won't watch the NBA till Christmas uh, and then, you know, the playoffs and the playoffs go on you know, two and a half months. So uh, I'm okay with it. You know, I think we've pretty much figured out who the, the best teams are in the NBA. And uh, why not uh, Why not get to it and get going? I think fans are going to eat up whatever sports, uh, you know, get started back right away anyway. So they're going to be ready for it regardless of what it is. You know, I, I never thought I'd be itching so bad for, you know, like a Bulls-Knicks game, you know, on TV. But uh, I think whatever, whatever happens, people will be ready to go. Rocking and rolling. What are you binging on through all of this? Uh, I just started that uh, that Tiger thing on Netflix. Oh, Tiger! Key. I was about. talking about that last night. Uh, Clay Travis was saying that it's it's a good show to watch, and my buddy uh, uh, Rick. Uh, well, you, you you talked with Rick before. Rick Riggin. Uh, he said that's a really good show. What are your thoughts on it? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I watched the trailer and I've got some reservations, and you probably know why that is, and I want to get into it. But what what are your thoughts on it? Uh, you know, I, I'm only like 10 minutes into the first episode, but it's it's weird. Uh, it's uh, you know, but I saw so many memes and, and pictures and people commenting. And I was like, oh damn, I'm gonna have to watch it now. Not something I would normally probably watch, but uh, you know, and I got a so far, it's it's definitely interesting. That's 100. Uh, percent you know, it's definitely interesting. Uh, other than that, um, you know, there's a lot of shows like DVR throughout the week that I've been watching. I'm, I'm missing live PD. I'm ready for it to come back again. Uh, but I, I just I just started Wahlburgers. That's what I'm watching right now. 
Hey, I've seen that. It's not bad. I, I, you know, I, I'm the same way. I mean, working from home, so I've kind of got things uh, going on in, in, in the background. Uh, and I, I'm starting to watch a lot of shows that I had not ever watched before, but I'm kind of big into the FBI's Most Wanted, some of the military shows. I, I'm big into SWAT. And so uh, as soon as I, I see on Hulu that I've got an unwatched SWAT, that's my my first immediate watch. I'm all caught up on SWAT and FBI's Most Wanted. And uh, I've, I've kind of got back into to, uh, 30 for 30s. Uh, so, and, and so see, I have Prime. Disney, Hulu, Netflix. I have way more stuff than I need to have. So I, I, I'm saying, well, if I'm going to be stuck in the house, I'm going to give equal time every day or of the week or whatever. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, four or five hours of watching television, one hour for each of them, and, and I'll, I'll pay for my subscriptions on, on those. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it all turns out. But, yeah, you can uh, see the cameo. You can see a cameo a couple times of Ed's head if you watch the All or Nothing Philadelphia Eagles on Amazon Prime. You see our boy Ed in there a couple times. <laughs> oh, really? I'm gonna have to go check that out. That's cool. All right, uh, and stay safe out there. Keep your mask on. Wipe your hands and and wipe your butt. Uh, I'm doing all three. Hi, buddy. Mom from the BS Sports Show joined us today as we kick things off on another abbreviated show. Uh, thank you, Mo, for joining us. Obviously, talking some NFL free agency. My name is Michael Zell, President. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. And uh, 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 Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor, joins us. And guess what? IndyCar has gone virtual, NASCAR has gone virtual, and uh, we're going to talk about that today and give some time to our racing community. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Midnight tea top jack and her cherry coke pen. Mama and daddy put the roots right here, cause this is where the car broke down. Yellow dog school bus, kicking up red bus, kicking us up by barbed wire fence. MTV on the RCA, no AC in the vents. We were Jesus, Sammy, blue jean baby, born in the USA. Trailer park truck stop, fade a little map down. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4-on-4 with a barbershop quartet. 
Bum, bum, bum. Pass the ball, pass the ball. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Welcome back to the Balance Abbreviated Version Quarantine Week Number Two. Thanks to Mo from the VS Sports Show joining us, talking some NFL free agency, breaking down the highs and the lows of the NFL free agency. Uh, but joining us now is we're going to go into the virtual world of racing. Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor. Matthew, I know you did a, a good uh, preview on SpeedwayDigest.com. Let's talk a little bit about this world that we're in. There's a lot of people, and I have to admit, I'm not much of a video game person, nothing against it, but this seems to be the world that we're in, at least for the moment. But let's get to the biggest news before we get into that, and that is uh, big news coming out of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, uh, the Indy 500 being moved back to August the 23rd, uh, and the GP going to be doubling up with NASCAR. I think that's huge. I think that really really huge because now we can kind of get a test to see how these two races would join together and and we might see something in the future where the two races come together on the same weekend matthew how are you should be interesting to see how that works out Uh, obviously uh, having those on july 4th weekend uh with not only that but also two races on the road course on the same day with the xfinity series and indycar running on the road course but uh ultimately uh uh I think right now, hopefully this thing clears up. We get a decent gate turnout, and uh, this turned out to be a good event because uh, one event that certainly needs uh, a major boost, and uh, hopefully Penske can uh, provide it, is uh, the Brickyard 400 weekend, which has really struggled at the gate for the last several years. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm really, like you said, I'm curious to see how the the, uh, attendance will be because it's going to be hot. Uh, just because it's hot in August in Indianapolis, as everybody knows, and, and I'm gl- I'm so glad that they decided to to move it to a date where they could have fans. Because I know there was some some talk about having the the Indianapolis 500 on schedule, but with no fans or limited fan access. And I just think that would have just been a a crushing blow to IndyCar, to the fans, and to the city of Indianapolis. So I'm glad that they were able to win. The bad thing about it is uh, there's there's still going to be a carb, carb day of sorts, but all the concerts have been uh, canceled, unfortunately. That's, that just couldn't be uh, worked out to be rescheduled in the way that, that came together. But let's talk a little bit about this world that we're in now. Uh, certainly because 
of of us all being at home basically i i've been working from home for two weeks now so uh you know i'm i just uh, well i i enjoy not having to to uh you know you know dress up to go to work or anything like that but it's it's i've been talking to clients uh, virtually and just everything's yeah. being done virtually and so uh you know, the world we're in now has brought us to a virtual world uh, for racing in both NASCAR and IndyCar. So let's talk a little bit about the IndyCar world, and let's talk a little bit about your article uh, that they can, people can check out on SpeedwayDigest.com, and that's your preview of this week's iRacing with the Indianapolis, I mean, with the IndyCar uh, series. Yeah, technically the event is the American Red Cross Grand Prix. Uh, it takes PM today on YouTube.com. That's the place to find it. 26 drivers, 23 that are expected to be regulars on the circuit, plus or actually 22 with the withdrawal of Jack Harvey due to the lack of online equipment to be able to participate. But we have in his place uh, Kyle Kirkwood moving up from Indy Lights. Also, Jimmy Johnson from NASCAR. And, of course, probably the biggest thing is the return to at least a racing form in some format is uh, one Robert Wickens. Yeah, I saw that, and I saw your, your tweet about that, and that's, that's really uh, an interesting thing. You know, and, and this is – I watched last week, I watched the um, – the NASCAR one with, with, the, with the video game. And I tell you what, it's a lot more realistic than you might think. Uh, certainly it's, it's not the real thing. And, and a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't want to watch video games of, of uh, but you've kind of been in the iRacing uh, uh, world in the, in the iSports for a while, haven't you? Not necessarily as a driver. Cause I don't have the equipment. Some of these rigs they have are, more expensive than I care to do. And I think some of them, like for the one that uh, Sage Karen, for instance, has, it cost him like 2500 bucks. So I don't have that kind of money to spend. But, uh, yeah, I tell you, there's a lot of serious nature. Now, granted, you don't have the same feeling of the bumps and stuff like that, say, like you'd have in a real car scenario. But uh, there's a lot of things that decision-making uh, skills that one has to go through. And uh, I remember as uh, – Far back as 1999, I remember John Hollingsworth Jr. was a rookie of the Indy 500, uh, often used a simulator to prepare for races. Heck, he'd even uh, do an entire race in race gear with the, in front of the, with the computer and the steering wheel and pedals uh, doing uh, preparation for IndyCar events uh, all the way back in 1999. So it's not necessarily a new format of thought but uh, certainly in this form uh, certainly is drawing attention and uh, for an esports industry that is certainly uh, on the rise uh, having these type of events and especially a NASCAR event which will be by the way on Fox television tomorrow uh, clearly says they are making headway as far as this format in terms of you know drawing attention and you talk about the young crowd and trying to get that younger demographic into the sport what better way to do it than have these online events you know, and I, I was thinking about that this week. I think that this is a great opportunity for both IndyCar and NASCAR, and well, all sports. But just speaking in the in the in the racing world, I think this is a great opportunity to have some off-season action. Not that there's a, a long off-season for racing anyway, but I think this is a good opportunity to just have some extra events. Let's talk about IndyCar and the scheduling goes when they finally do get back on the track. Now we look for this 
virus to peak in the United States somewhere around mid-April. Right now, the United States has the most um, has the most infected in in the world, uh, but we have the f- the fewest deaths. And uh, so, uh, the good thing about it is we're we're doing a lot more testing. We know how to treat it, and I think. As, as much as a discomfort this is, as far as being stuck at home and, and doing everything in the, in the virtual world, I think it is one of the, the, the key indicators that is separating us from Italy and what has happened with Italy. So there will be a time when the cars get back on the track. So we look for that to be probably in theory sometime around the 1st of May. So using that that barometer that we know for now, of course, that that can change, and there's nothing etched in stone. But using that barometer, how's this affect IndyCar going th- through to the championship? Well, right now, the first race of the season is going to be the Detroit doubleheader, which would have been the weekend after the Indy 500. So actually, we're talking June the 1st. Uh, in that realm, as far as the weekend, I believe May 30th would be the first of those events, uh, the doubleheader Saturday and Sunday at Belle Isle. Uh, and it looks like at this point uh, we've lost, uh, you know, the Long Beach Grand Prix uh, is gone. Uh, we've lost uh, Barber Motorsports Park. That event won't be made up. And looks like they are trying to make a deal with the city of St. Petersburg, Florida, in which the final race will be at St. Petersburg. So instead of being the season opener, it could be the season closer, which would be an interesting twist on things. But uh, these things about, you know, doubleheader races, races during the week that NASCAR's talked about, I, I really do not want to see that. I mean, granted, you want to try to recoup some of the money. But considering all the moving around that things have to do, I mean, teams having to go from the West Coast all the way back to the East Coast, back to their shop to get ready for the race and having to do that back and forth with even the tighter uh, frame, I really don't think that's a fair trade-off for the teams and all the, you know, internal folks that have to do this 24-7, 365. I just think it's an extra burden they really don't need at this point. So, granted, I mean, the losses are going to be significant, but at the same time, though, trying to make it up all at the same time. And that's one thing about base through December, which I really do not like, is, uh, I mean, you have limited places where you can play these games, and I think a lot of fans are going to get cheated out of seeing uh, the major games because they're going to be trying to run this all the way into the month of December. But uh, at least NASCAR, IndyCar aren't going to try to do that and shove things down their throat. But, uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's a tough situation for everyone. But, again, getting through this and getting back on the track, that's the number one target right now. And whatever that takes, uh, so be it. Yeah, Major League Baseball is going to have a big issue. I, I don't think they're going to cancel the entire season, but they've got to figure it Same thing with NBA. Uh, but uh, certainly with baseball and, and the way that they play and the number of games they play in their, in their contracts and that with the union uh, basically says you can, can't play uh, – uh, so many games uh, in a row. There's a thought, and they, again, this is just a, a thought. That what they might do is what they do in the minor leagues, and that's uh, uh, do a doubleheader of, of seven innings each. Uh, that's a possibility. But there might just have to be the, the, the new reality for the MLB this year is that they have an abbreviated season, and everybody goes out there, uh, balls to the wall, and and uh, whoever comes out on the end, this is how it comes out on the end. And, and maybe that, that's a, a, a justification to say, well, 
maybe they, they didn't truly win the World Series because we didn't truly have a real uh, season. But uh, so those are all controversies that are yet to have in the NBA. You know, we're looking at it. It might be, you know, around Christmas, basically they play a few games and, and then get right into the playoffs and it's going to push us into the fall. So we'll see what, what happens with these with these other sports. Let's talk a little bit about the NASCAR world. What's going on with them? As we know, they're also doing the e-racing. And as you, as you mentioned just a few moments ago, they're kind of the, the leaders of, of, of this bandwagon with the, with the E with the e-racing. I-racing or e-racing. Sorry. Indeed on that. And uh, obviously I think the big question in my mind is with all the entries that are in the possibly play in a race in race, are they going to find a way to be able to show that? They didn't show that last weekend. I think that caught a lot of flack from people because, I mean, let's face it, there are some big names that do not have automatic qualification spots that are going to have to try to race their way in the field. I mean, guys like, for instance, uh, Kaz Gralla's on the list, Brennan Poole's on the list, Justin Allgaier, Justin Haley, who won Daytona last year, Austin Sendrick's on that uh, play-in race list. Uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt, Stuart Friesen, Joey Gaze, Harrison Burton, even a Chase Briscoe who, remember, Chase Briscoe finished fifth at the Homestead race this past Sunday. He then went to the World of Outlaws Invitational, which had 80 participants, and he made it to the A and finished sixth in that event. So, Talk about, you know, big heavy hitters in this circuit. I mean, yeah, even a Sheldon Creed's going to be in this thing. And uh, Joey Gaze, who made it Daytona 500 appearance. I mean, this is a loaded field. And uh, I got to say, hopefully NASCAR will find a way to be able to at least stream uh, the play-in event because, I mean, the big event's going to be big in itself. But uh, the play-in race, a guy's going aggressively just to make that main field in the final draw. be a great race in itself and like we said uh, a loaded field this week i mean of course the big name is uh greg biffle coming out of retirement to run this event uh bobby labani and of course bobby labani actually has a lot of sim racing ties i don't know if you remember back in the mid 90s but he actually did an instructional video for the nascar 2 uh, pc racing game uh, as well so that's another guy that could be a big surprise and then of course uh the focus is uh, is going to be Dale Earnhardt Jr., who came so close to winning at Homestead last week, did on the last uh, lap, last corner by uh, Denny Hamlin. Uh, could this be uh, Junior's time to shine? And and I find, but but here's the thing about it. What I'm enjoying about following this with NASCAR again, these big names are coming out, but but they've got everything from the opening ceremonies, like they've got people lined up to sing the national anthems. Uh, so they they they've even got virtual flyovers. I mean, so the whole thing is kind of cool to watch, uh, but it's not the real thing. And I think we're all all ready to to go to the real thing. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about just uh, sports in general, because we don't have a lot to talk about, but this day in 1984, a lot of Colts fans know what this day was. And this was probably one of the most shocking stories in NFL history. And that is that the, uh, the earth state family uh, packed up uh, some Mayflower uh, tractor trailers and moved to the city of Indianapolis uh, through the dark of night. Uh, what are your thoughts? It's hard to believe the Colts have been here since 1984. Well, it was tough for Baltimore, but again, it just justified uh, why John Elway did not want to play there. Uh, 
and that decision and all the flack that he got for not wanting to sign with the Baltimore Colts and eventually going to Denver uh, just justified that situation even more. But you talk about uh, this date in history. How about March 28, 1992? See if this will play for me. Actually, I won't be able to get it. But, uh, of course, who can forget March 28, 1992, Duke, Kentucky, that terrific game that went to overtime, and Christian Leitner mm-hmm. uh, make the buzzer beater to uh, win that game, send Duke eventually to the Final Four and to their second straight national championship when they beat the Fab Five. And I think I saw somewhere one of the networks is airing that today. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's a very good, uh, a very good valid, valid point. So how how have you been uh, how right now that you mentioned that let me bring up because we're carrying on WSBT the best of the NCAA championship games let's see if I can give you an idea of which ones we are carrying today mm-hmm. I can't I don't have the information in front of me but again uh, noon uh, Eastern time on WSBT uh, we will have on radio two of the Best tournament games of all time. We'll do the same thing again on Sunday. So just like last weekend, uh, we will be uh, reminiscing about that as well on the radio side uh, with uh, several of those great broadcasts. So those that aren't located in the South Bend area, is there a way to listen virtually? Uh, Westwood One has a feed, and I believe we have clearance to carry that, but don't uh, quote me on that. But I know Westwood One uh, Sports.com has a feed to uh, get that. If you check the NCAA page and also on the top bar, great games in NCAA tournament history, just click on that. Oh, now I see what we got. Elite Eight 2006, George Mason, UConn. And the 2010 championship game, I'm assuming Duke versus Butler. And you talk about heartbreaking losses for Butler. Uh, just imagine one bounce and Gordon Hayward's shot would have gone in and Butler would have won a national championship that, that, that yeah, night. I, re- I remember that game. I remember that game vividly. And uh, that was uh, that was an exciting, exciting game. And oh, it's cool. unfortunate because – because this 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 time of year is when we should be uh, enjoying our March Madness games and our brackets. But uh, hey, it is what it is. So how you been? How you been spending your uh, quarantine time? Are you doing any binging? Still working, and unfortunately well, gaining weight because of the food that I've been eating at home, uh, all the fudge rounds. Unfortunately, I go to the store last night and they're out of fudge rounds. So I'm having <laughs> to live uh, the other stuff right now. But uh, yeah, it's going well. I uh, had a chance to see the family a few more times and uh, get other things done. And uh, But, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough uh, not being able to have family fun at uh, Easter this year and a few other things. So, yeah, but, uh, again, uh, the sooner we get this cleared up, uh, like I keep saying, uh, follow the protocol, social distancing, keep your hands washed, use lotion because I've torn my hands up a bunch with all the cleaning and stuff like that. And just uh, be a little bit cautious out there. And uh, who knows, by uh, May, we might be back up and going again. Well, I sure hope so. I mean, I'm ready to, to get uh, get things going uh, my, myself. And it's just, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, 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 we should take it very seriously. And I think a, a lot of it we didn't take very seriously at the beginning. We kind of thought that it was just a, a, a thing that was being overly exaggerated. And here's a Agree with the president or not agree with the president. I, I, I'm so glad that, that the House was 
able to come together and get the uh, coronavirus stimulus package uh, done, and the president signed it. So we'll see how that that gets distributed uh, out to people. I know there's qualifications that you have to have uh, for that, but I'm so glad that he was able to do that. But if you really want to know what's going on with the coronavirus, don't rely on the media for say. Watch the White House press briefings. Be real as it can get, whether or not you like uh, President Trump or not. I think him and his organization are doing a great job of staying on top of this and working with some of the best professionals around. So hats off to them and really hats off. You know, here's the thing. We don't give kudos to a lot of people that we might take granted for, like the doctors, the nurses. And, you know, I was watching the thing today on, with truck drivers. Let's, let's think about what they're dealing with. And, you know, I did DoorDash last night. We did DoorDash last night, and the, it's kind of they drop it off, and, and, and they, they go. But I noticed when the guy dropped it off, he had a mask on and gloves. And they don't ring your doorbell or, or knock on the door. Amazon dropped my stuff off and just left. So it's kind of a drop off or go. But we don't we don't uh, take time to, to, to thank those that are, are really out there in the thick of it all. And, you know, the truck drivers especially, and, uh, you know, the farmers still have to get out there and do their work. And, you know, the the uh, medical professionals, the policemen, the firemen, all of those people ha- have to still go out there and do their work. So, you know, hats off and kudos uh, to them. Matthew Embry, uh, uh, official IndyCar contributor, WSPT up in South Bend, uh, joins us to talk. On. Give us any uh, final thoughts or words of wisdom, sir. Well, keep in mind, uh, just because uh, it's a virtual event, uh, Firestone Fantasy Challenge is available at IndyCar.com. And to give you an idea of who I'm picking for that, uh, I'm going with the guys that are well-scripted in this type of racing, iRacing. And Will Power has a good track record. Uh, Scott McLaughlin has a good track record. Uh, the guys that I picked for initially, Sage Karam, Santino Ferrucci. And uh, maybe we get a surprise from one of the, the guys like Robert Wickens or somebody. But uh, I'd say those four I mentioned, uh, those guys could be the factors and the guys to be when we get uh, action going. Again, 4 p.m. today on YouTube.com. You know, I, I don't know the answer to this, and maybe you do. If not, I can find the answer, and we'll get it up on our social media. But uh, is, the, is, is the radio broadcast going to be doing the broadcast? Uh, the... TV is going to be doing the broadcast on YouTube. That would be Lee Diffie, Paul Tracy, Townsend Bell. So no, no IndyCar radio then, just the, um, just the YouTube broadcast. No. Okay. Just the YouTube broadcast. I don't think there'll be an IndyCar radio call. Uh, I don't know about the online event. I heard there was some promotion that PRN might do it because I haven't seen anything on MRN, but uh, that would be performance racing network. So, you're interested in the audio that may be the place to look do a search for performance racing network yeah I, i've got i got prm i just noticed that my buddy jake query hadn't posted anything on twitter about doing it so i was kind of thinking they weren't going to do that broadcast matthew we appreciate you joining us stay safe out there and we'll get through this on the other end anytime tom all right Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor, you can find his work on SpeedwayDigest.com and, and, of course, other uh, outlets around. Uh, thank you for joining us. Guys, it's been another abbreviated version of the show, uh, but, hey, always have a great time hanging out. Uh, we're going to get through all of this on the back end. Be curious to hear what everybody's binging on and, you know, you know follow us on Twitter at T-Balance and, uh, uh, or on Facebook. I don't know why I had a uh, – uh, had a uh, brain fart there. Maybe my brain's got the corona. 
<laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but hey, we got we got we got to make jokes. Uh, make sure you follow us on on Twitter and on Facebook. My name is Tom Marquisell, President. Hey, have a great time out there. Remember. Don't drink and drive. You shouldn't be driving right now anyway because you, sh- you shouldn't be going anywhere. But uh, have fun and uh, enjoy it and enjoy your binging. Uh, check out some of these iRacing races that we, we, we've talked about. We'll be back here next Saturday, same balance time, same balance channel. And uh, keep, uh, keep up with us on social media. We'll see you soon. Stay masked, people. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.